it's finally happened after years and years of speculation and, and being up in the air uh, the Brett has exited <laughs> Brexit uh, which you know why are we talking about Brexit on a football show well I don't know if you know this or not but footballers in England are employees they're workers uh, have which to get means, a work permit yes mm-hmm. that means that they're not from England they have to get a visa which wasn't such a big deal. I mean, we have our Brazilian players we had to get work permits for. Alan Rodriguez de Souza, who just never could never him. get a work permit, <laughs> being an example of the problems with work permits that can happen. Uh, but for the most part, we haven't had to worry about it because with the wonderful European Union and with England being in the European Union, it meant that European Union players were considered non-foreign players. Freedom However, the second that the UK has left... European Union now? Well, those European players are now foreigners. There is now a huge visa problem that inserts itself into uh, the strategy of Liverpool. At current moment, before Brexit, teams are allowed up to 17 foreign players because they have to have eight homegrown players from the nation and within those eight, four homegrown players from the club. So you could have a total of 17 foreign players. If that changes, mm-hmm. right, it'll have huge implications on us because here is our rundown of foreign players currently in our first-team squad. We have Allison, we have Adrian, we have Van Dyke, we have Matip, Lovren, Fabinho, Vinaldum, Keita, Mane, Firmino, Sala, Minamino, Origi, Shakiri. That's 14, right? Mm-hmm. So butting up against that 17 that's already existed, but we're safe in the current setup. But... Let's say the visas drop down to you're only allowed to have 10 foreign players or even 12. We're now looking at issues. We're going to have to get rid of some of these people because they're not British nationals. Um, So, yeah, what this means is the strategy for Liverpool has to drastically change when it comes to how we're recruiting and how we're bringing people in. And I think we saw it this summer with the signing of someone like Sepp Vandenberg. And what this really looks towards is the Kirkby facility we have been building for the last two years and that will open this summer. And what that is going to allow us to do, hopefully, is build from within because we're not going to be able to just to go out and buy foreign players as we please. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to build our own. And, and the distinction here being that any player that gets three years at the club before their 21st birthday uh, becomes a homegrown player. Uh, it's five years straight living within England to become a British citizen. But clearly, clearly, clearly... Things are about to be fucked up by this Brexit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and trying we... to find out right now if it changes also the criteria. Because remember before it was like you had to be of X age, play X amount of matches, for so, a percentage of games for your national team. I don't think it changes how you get a work permit. What it does change is how many people on work permits you, you are allowed have. to have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and if that's the case, there's a, there's a chance that they don't change anything. I mean, Liverpool contacted the British government, I sent you the story, or at least the screenshot, and demanded there be no changes to visas. <laughs> I like the fact that we're looking at the FA and going, fuck you. We're looking at the Premier League and go, fuck you too. And then we look at the British government and go, you want some of this as well? <laughs> but we're taking all covers. Um, but yeah, so let's, but let's kind of gear this whole conversation and the effects of Brexit on looking at Kirkby and what Kirkby is supposed to be. Um, it's kind of supposed to be our La Masia. Uh, and what La Masia was, was Barcelona's youth facility started by Johan Cruyff. Build our own identity, cultivate our own talent. The best Barcelona that ever existed was La Masia made. It was at the forefront of nutrition, of sports science at its time. You know, that's, yeah, yeah that's what you're And building. that's what Kirkby has become. That's what Kirkby has to yeah, be. Exactly. And the reason it has to be that is a variety of reasons. Number one, you want to be sustainable. 
It's a lot easier to buy the best 17-year-old in the world for $5 million and cultivate him than to buy Killian Mbappe <laughs> for $250 million three years later. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, yeah, we got to build our own identity and we have to cultivate our own talent now because we can't just go out there on the continent and buy people anymore. It's unfortunate. Um, Everybody's going to have to do it, but look at where we are. We were at just the right moment. We're opening a new training facility. Yeah. We're developing some of the best youngsters in England in the form of Curtis Jones, Nico Williams, uh, Vanderberg, Hover, you name it. Go down the line of Harvey Elliott, Ram Brewster. Yeah. These are all guys that now, when they train, instead of being at another facility off in another part of town, are just a field over from Jurgen Klopp mm-hmm. and Mo Salah and all these brilliant psychological footballers. Uh, you can literally path. see yeah. a visual path. You're on the U12 the pitch, and you're going, I'm five pitches down from being in the first team, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you're at the U18, and you're two pitches over, and Jurgen Klopp's looking down at you every so often, pulling you over. Um, a couple things you brought up in that in that little run there. The other thing that this does is it puts a premium on English talent now. You're buying English players. They're going to be yeah. even more expensive. Jaden Sancho's price tag just went up another $50 million for any English club yeah. that wants mm-hmm. to buy it. It's going to cost a fortune now. Yeah. Because he's, it's not only just that he's class, but he's also English, which yeah. is a requirement of all these teams now. I mean, just when you were starting to see a few English players leave the country again and go on the continent, it's going to be really hard to compete, even for like the foreign clubs to come in and give enough money for somebody to give up an English superstar. Yeah, just, I mean, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg. Just as it seemed like that revolving thing, because there's plenty of talent that comes from the continent, and it just as it seemed that that pathway was opening from England to the continent, like you were starting to see. Yeah. Younger players and even Ashley Young's going to Syria and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna just shut immediately, um, <laughs> which could be a detriment to English football because it's still gonna have that issue of having this young talent break through into the first team, and teams are just gonna have to hold on to them just in case, just because they're English. Well, not just that, but you think the Premier League may take a hit because you're not gonna have the top talent from across the world coming in. You're gonna have some guys who are really world class. But because no one has enough spots, they're not playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Someone like, I mean, obviously, maybe not someone of the level of a Mohamed Salah or a Sadio Mane, but maybe someone of the level of like a uh, Gerard De La Feu over at Watford, someone like that. Yeah. Someone who is a world-class player, but they're not of the top tier. They're of the next tier. Yeah. And when you start losing guys like that, then the whole uh, cream rises to the top theory doesn't take hold in the Premier League anymore. Well, you thin it out in like the middle section too. Like you, you, okay, the, the big teams will be able to survive. Yeah. They'll be able to buy their way out of the problem. I mean, we've, we've built this facility to work our way out of this problem. Okay. But you're talking about the quality of the product on the pitch for Watford, for Everton, for Burnley. There's a reason the Premier League was very outspoken opponents of Brexit. Right. Yeah. They knew what they were facing. <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't going to play well for Norwich, and it's out of their control. Like we said earlier, it's not the Premier League that's going to set these visa standards and these work permit standards. It's going to be the British government, which you know has been a bit questionable the way it's acted in recent years. I a think we bit. can say, uh, <laughs> and a bit unpredictable in, in certain aspects. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's nice knowing that at least we have. A contingency plan in place and it kind of puts it to light why are you spending 35 million on oxlade chamberlain yeah. why are you desperate to hold on well, to Rian brewster why are you signing sep vandenberg for three million at 17. does your total visas too also include your coaching staff it will 
It will. It will. So you got to think mm. about that too, because we have what I don't. Kravitz is Polish. Uh, Linders is Dutch. Dutch, and Klopp is German. Just in general, how many English Jeremiah, managers do you really have? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's maybe half the league. So you've got these visa spots being taken up by your coaches. You're going to need to make the most of those coaches, right. and so when we we've, we've talked about this before, but even for the coaches, that visual path of working closely with Klopp instead of being a Neil Critchley's no longer in another facility. He's mm-hmm. two pitches down. Yeah, he's bumping into Klopp in the hallway asking questions. Yeah. It's not just text messaging and, and stuff like Everybody's that. Everybody's buying into the way, the the, the, the way that we do things. Yeah. Like at, at a senior team level, the, the system, we're going to be teaching that all I mean, the way we, down the road. We've ranks. already seen it in the FA Cup that that identity is already starting to work its way yeah. down, but it'll yeah. only be stronger if it's... It's all in one it's place. It's all right there. It's all reinforced. And it's going to be super important that we build internally and kind of follow the Masia project. Mm-hmm. Why did Barcelona become so good? They stayed internal. Everything was done internally. Now that they have gone externally, what has it started to do? Just yeah. fall apart. Yeah. Um, this is our opportunity to go back to what made Liverpool so successful. I'll be interested to see what Barca does when the stadium's finished. Yeah. <laughs> They, well, they have to go to La Masia and fix it. It's just falling to, apart. Yeah, they've got to fix it. If they, and It's the, the basis for how they built themselves up through the, the 80s and 90s and into the, 2000, the glorious 2000s that they had. Pep Guardiola came out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. the evidence is there that if you do it properly and it can, it you focus done. on the right things, right? Like focus on performance. I think Klopp said it a lot after the Austin Villa match that we lost 5-0. He couldn't care that it was 5-0 less, you know? He was more concerned with the performance. Mm-hmm. Critchley himself, more more into the performance. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be it's it's just gonna be imperative now. There's so many factors in world football, the Brexit thing, the rising prices of transfers, the teams that are gonna be able to be self-sustainable and, and internal with the way they develop talent are gonna be the successful ones. It's it's gonna be more like with the NFL, where you see the most successful teams are the teams who draft well and they are the teams that bring in talent. Outside of just paying for them, because they have a salary cap. That's that's their limitation. Yeah. So for footy over in England, it's going to be the same kind of thing where it's like, okay, it's not going to be a salary cap per se, but it's going to be based off of visas, how many foreign players you a can bring in. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a visa cap as yeah. opposed to a salary cap. So it's going to be the same kind of model. So uh, you, you see so many teams across sports now in America where building through the draft or building through a minor league system like with baseball is the way that you really build out a full system. And it's not just because you can bring in cheap talent, but also because you can build, like you said, the La Masia model. It's all about building an identity. This is the way we play football. It's not like you go from a 4-2-3-1 and then all of a sudden you get to the first team, oh, we're playing 4-4-2. And you have to relearn the way you play football. No, no, no. From the bottom to the top, you play one way all throughout. And you don't worry about the results so much as you worry about the quality of play, how you play, your position. You come in knowing, I am a right back. I'm going to play right back as a 16-year-old. By the time you're 21, ready for the first team, you're playing right back, and you've played the same way your entire life, and that's what it's all about. So it's going to take a lot more of that level of innovation, that level of commitment to building out one style for a lot of these teams. And I see Liverpool are in a really good situation to be able to do that. It's going to be a question of whether or not the rest of the country can keep up because if you, you're asking for teams to commit 
to not just trying to go and win things at the youth level, but having a commitment to true development. Yeah. You, you got to kind of I mean, wonder about we that. We fell away from that for a while. Liverpool was famous for bringing through youth talent. Michael Owens, Robbie Fowler, Steven Gerrard, Steven Maneman, Jamie Carragher, you know. And then the reason we all gravitate to Trent Alexander so much is because he's the scouser in the team, you know. Like, but this, he's the scouser. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but we're starting well, to see for it. Now. For now. For now. For now. No, exactly. We're starting to see it now a little bit. Ever since Klopp's taken over, he's been revolutionizing the way we do things he's had a a massive part in this Kirkby facility coming about the technology that's there uh Simon Simon Mignolet said it when he went to uh, Bruges that Bruges had better facilities than Melwood had um I get there's a strong attachment to Melwood historically it's yeah but it's it's time to revolutionize it like you said an Americanized like we talk about this a lot recently how there's a lot of American sport ideologies that are breaking into the game now via our club the hyper focus on like you know each little aspect of the game, throw-ins, set yeah. pieces, defending, having specialized yeah, coaches, yeah, exactly and such, right. Yeah. Like that's a very American sport mm-hmm. thing to do. And the next, like he was you over in the summer, he's over in Notre Dame, going, look at these facilities. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. The college has this. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it, pushing it forward. This is going to become the new norm that clubs, big clubs, have these facilities. And it's for the factors we said. I mean, you talked about it's not just going to affect us, but like think about a team like Man City that mm-hmm. has how many British players do they have? John Stones, Fabian oh, Delph team? left. I was like, you know, Raheem Sterling. Yeah, like, right. You know what I just thought of? I was like, imagine a world where Southampton's the one pushing us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because they've got enough British kids to actually keep up well, and, and build an a first team. Academy system that's still there. Academy system is still, that, yeah. You know, go everywhere. And they get the charge of premium even higher now on the talent that they develop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ava no. Walcott's, Oxlade Chamberlain's, all of them. The Oxlade Chamberlain is now like seventy million. Adam Alana, <laughs> when we buy him, is way more expensive. Even Ricky Lambert's probably twenty million. <laughs> 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 but it's it's. They're selling Danny Ings for a hundred million in the summer. <laughs> it could be good for the English game. It could be. It could be. It- it could go both ways. It could also be detrimental to the English team. I, I think it would be good for a lot of the mid-tier teams to be able to kind of catch up because, I mean, let's, let's face it. The reason why the top teams have separated is because they can go get the best players from across the world yeah. and the second best round and the third best round from across the world. Well, you can still get the first tier guys, but then second, third, fourth tier guys – those are going to start to be more English guys. Yeah. So that's where you, you don't have nearly as much space in the margins yeah. between the top tier and the next tier. So it, I, I think it would be good for the rest of the league to get that parity. Yeah. But as, uh, as far as the top of England being the best in the world, yeah. I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the oh, case. You know, your, your national team could take it. Your national team, well, I think your national team gets better, but your league gets worse. Right, that's Which what I'm kind of thinking. Your At least the top are playing in a weaker league, so you you know yeah. it's a little bit of a trade off, and you go well if you don't have that global influence in it, then yeah, how maybe much, these players aren't as good as you think. You how know? much has the English player benefited from the foreign player being an influence in the league? I mean, were English kids doing stepovers and Rabonas and Lalana Cruyff turns <laughs> before the foreign player showed up? No, they were hoofing the ball along and chasing it. Like, that's what they were doing. <laughs> uh, and then you had, you know, like, silky skilled players come in and everyone was like, you can do this? You can dance on the ball? You can be creative? Yeah. <laughs> so the English players benefit from that, but maybe it's a point of, you know, there's only so much benefit that can come from that, and now it's the English players' turn to cultivate 
I mean, you look at like Phil Foden's, you look at Jaden Sancho's, you look at Rian Brewster's. There's a different type of English player coming through now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it'll be. It, look, it's Brexit. You feel like it was a thing you could ignore and wouldn't come into your little American bubble, but you're a football fan, and it's gonna have all these weird implications and impacts. But I think the the key thing here is that Liverpool have set themselves up for this. They're a forward thinking club. And we have the infrastructure there now. And with this Kirkby facility, we'll be able to develop our own talent, push forward, become not just dominate the league, but become a football factory, so to speak, and actually develop the football. Um, but yeah, so the summer it opens up. We'll be the, the Liverpool way will be instilled. Klopp has four years to kind of build it, other than like not just the facility, but build in that culture and, and that ideology. Uh, and we will probably not see the benefits until the end of this decade, mm-hmm. and that's. That'll be one. No, I think you'll start to see it as early as when he goes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking Seth Vandenberg's 17, Keanu Hover 17, Harry Wilson's 22, Gruich 21. Um, in four or five years, they're all hitting their primes. You know what I mean? That that group yeah, of players, Curtis is, Jones. Right, but how much are they going to benefit right now? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're already going to be seeing the benefit of this yeah. Kirkby thing. Mm. I mean, think about this. We could barely beat Exeter with a uh, supplemented B-side, and now we are knocking out League One squads with a full U23 team. So, hey. Speaks for itself. Just keep an eye out for the shenanery that Brexit is going to unleash on our football fandom life. <laughs> Don't be surprised if things get weird in the transfer market and we have to get rid of some Which foreign players. Which is now back to what it was. Yeah. For September 1st. Mm-hmm. I'll leave you with this. Van Dyke can get British citizenship. He's been here for here. He's been in England for five years. Fine Alden can get citizenship. He's been in England for five years. Mane can get citizenship. He's been in England for five years. Uh, I think Arigi's actually eligible for citizenship. Shakiri's eligible for citizenship. Lovren was at Southampton. He's eligible for citizenship. Mm-hmm. So there's other workarounds, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> foreign players that are already in the league will also become more valuable as well as yeah. the local English talent. But yeah. Just something to keep in mind, folks. And, uh, yeah, shit your pants about Brexit, but get excited about the Kirkby facility. <laughs> here. We have we have worked on the solution before the problem has arose, and that's that's good to think about. Um, and, yeah, that's it. We finally on. got the Kirkby episode. Yeah, right. there we go. <laughs> I was mean, telling Darius it's, we had to re-record this, like this is the third time we're talking about Kirkby. Yeah, because the first time the mics got all messed up. And the second time... We, we got all messed yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that's it for that episode. <laughs> <laughs>